great morning. Great morning. Great morning. Great morning. And welcome back to another episode of Great Morning. I'm your host, Christian Murmur, Murms, Murmdog, whatever the fuck you want to call me. And to the top left of my computer screen, we have the fact queen, my sister from the east, that Puerto Rican mamacita from Spanish Harlem, Stephanie 2.0. Oh, thank you guys. How y'all doing? Good. How How you doing? doing? Great. I hope everyone's doing great. Let me tell y'all something. Yes. For the first time in life, right? Someone is like actually intimidated by me, like in the office. And it's crazy. Why? It's been driving me nuts. What has he been doing? You've been yelling at them? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, um, something had like something happened and (laughs) I kind of like chimed in, but it's kind of my job. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course. And the person, I would want to assume that he, like, the way he interprets the email was just, like, totally left. And it was, like, his response back to me was, like, super emotional. And I'm just just like, dude, like, I I think you're reading into this whole situation. I was just saying, you know, like, uh, that's, that's something, what you did was kind of unusual. And, um, you know, I just... Just wanted to state the facts really quick. And ever since then, it's it's been like like the whole work environment has been super weird, you know? And then like now all of a sudden, you know, um, they're like, oh, hey, um, remember your work laptop is your work laptop. You know, just be sure that, you know, you're not doing anything personal. What, you is know. someone watching porn at work? No, absolutely not. But so what happened was, is that my my work laptop, Unfortunately, I um uh caught a virus uh because I was gonna watch movies. Yes, was- what are you watching porn? What, what, what kind <laughs> no. of what are we talking about? <laughs> this sounded more and more like you've been watching porn at work. It was like one, two, three movies or something like that. And you know, it's just like I'm a I could I could listen to like the movie while I work, you know. So that was that was what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, like I freaking caught a virus, and so um, you know, I let our, our IT people know, so on and so forth. So long story short, you know, I had that issue and we had already resolved it. And um, the dude that felt some type of way with 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 the initial email, he came out of nowhere and like um, he out of un- he unofficially promoted himself to another position. You can do and, that. Huh? I think, she's being sar- I think she's being sarcastic. Yeah, I was going to say, because like I could, could I just walk into a place and unofficially promote myself? That'd be awesome. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even being sarcastic. Like I, I'm being for real. How do you do that? I, <laughs> How do you do that to yourself? <laughs> How do you unofficially know. promote yourself? Yeah, I, I don't know. So, and, and like all of this, all of this happened because him and I had a, had a discussion, mm. um, Regarding that email, when I I had already, you know, said, hey, I'm sorry. I don't want any problems with anyone, you know, whatever. I'm, I, I apologize. 
And like a week later, he responds to it. And he's like, and I'm just like, dude, like, I thought that was water under the bridge. So I went up to him and I decided to speak with him. And he did, guys, he drew a pyramid, right? Like, like, and like a whole like um, hierarchy, like who's who. And he's like, here's the boss. Here's Lenny. Here's myself. And then he drew like the bottom. And before he even started to draw the people that were like below, like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, um, but I don't belong. I hope you don't think that I belong down there because I'm the executive assistant. So I would actually be like up there. So ever since then this is fucking funny you know why it's funny i'm sorry it, i hate to interrupt but it's no, funny it's a- because I, I i forget what can i maybe it was louis ck but someone made this joke about like when we get older our fights with people from like the office and like email fights are so much different than how you'd actually confront someone in real life like in real life you'd start yelling at someone for fucking you over or whatever but at yeah. the office it's like you email someone and you're just like Back in June, when I emailed you and you didn't do the things I asked, I was very disappointed. Like, that's that's so ridiculous that this is like this guy drew a like that's all just to get back at someone that pissed them off a little bit at the office. Like, you know, what? I'm going to make a pyramid here and put everyone's position like they got the free time to do that. It's it's a little ridiculous. It's a little childish, but yet there's still that um that shadow of being an adult over it. Like we're not just yelling at each other and beating our fists or whatever. You know? Right. We're doing this little like this is the adult way of me saying go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's what this all <laughs> is. Much. It's all culminating to that. Yeah. Wow. So you got so you got beef in the office. Beef yeah. in the office. Wow. I have like this. There's. there's... There's some tension going on and, you know, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm just like, I, I've, I've never been in a situation where someone, you know, is acting emotional off of an email. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, it was because he felt like the, the tone, quote unquote, when I said, <laughs> this is how it should have been done. It's you should have spoken to HR and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he he felt some type of way. I think the underlying issue is just like I think people are going through other things in the workplace and I think they tend to take it out on other people. Like mm-hmm. he may have had a, yeah. a really shitty week and decided, you know what, the first person to say anything to me today, I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to get the most yeah. elegant this email they've ever received. So like yeah, I mean it, ha- it happens, you know. Yeah, and like he also said that I, you know, that everybody in the office feels like you know I don't say hi, and I only work with the executive and the owner, and that I'm not. But I'm just like that's kind well, of well. See now, I- now you should next time you go into work. You should start like everyone you see, just walk around with this big ass smile on your face. Every <laughs> person that passes you, just be like, Good morning. Like, and like, they'll be like, caught off guard. Great morning, uh, guys. <laughs> just say, like, Good morning. They'll be like, Oh, shit. Hey, yeah. Good morning. And just be friendly <laughs> if you're only talking to them. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, th- these office, it's so funny. I, it started with me in the Navy when you'd start hearing about, believe it, believe it or not, like, even in the Navy, stuff like no that. No way. You know, someone, someone would email you and be like, 
you know, petty officer, when I emailed you back, like exactly like that. And you're Are like, you, really? The fuck is going on? Like, it's it's very it's the adult way of us expressing that we're really, really upset with someone in the office. So it's that's just so, if you continue to work in an office for the rest of your life, you get promoted, you go to a different job, wherever the fuck. I don't think that's ever going to leave. I don't think that's ever going to stop for people who work in an office with other people, because how can you not? It goes. I, part of me believes some people want excitement in their life, and they find yeah. it in little ways sometimes like that. And work can be boring. We all know that. Even if mm-hmm. you have a great job, even if you like your job, it can still be very boring sitting mm-hmm. in an office behind a computer, you know, doing the daily like, oh, it's noon. Let me go grab my lunch. You know, doing it, it gets the routine it's gets repetitive. to people sometimes. It gets repetitive. Mm-hmm. So they look for a little little things to brighten up their day, and sometimes that involves conflict antagonizing people unfortunately it's not right it's actually when you when you break it down like that it's actually a tad bit sadistic but i mean you know it's that's just how people are they some people look for excitement in their life so you just gotta yeah. you gotta deal with that unfortunately Stephanie. yeah that, that's that's interesting because you know coming up when when i first um got my internship at dev jam and you know i grew into that position and finally got my marketing position it's interesting because we we didn't do that we didn't have any office beefs like we would have like a conference room and whenever somebody fell some way, they would basically like, put in a vote to have a conference meeting. And we'd have what's called a 100. And mm-hmm. a 100 was, was a time where everybody could open up about how they really felt about everyone in the office. Oh, so, I like, love they, that. Yeah. And so if you didn't like what such and such said at the, at the last event, or if somebody is do, not doing their job, or you feel like they're throwing more of the work on you, you could actually express that without any type of penalty or someone uh, retaliating against you. And it was put out there so that way everybody would know everyone's situation. So if you saw that, that the, let's say somebody at the top was coming at you is that, Oh, we know why you're doing that. You're doing that because she called you out in that meeting and we know exactly right. what the dialogue is between you two. So, yeah, I mean, I, I loved having those 100s because it just made everything solid. People worked better together. Even people mm. who didn't like each other ended up being friends later because that's you can't awesome. bottle that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's you amazing. were able to express that. See, now that sounds that that's one of the best ways, uh, that I've heard so far. I mean, I haven't yeah. worked in a million office places, but that sounds like that would work best. Yeah. Just being able to, yeah, you get like your five minutes or yeah. not even sometimes to be like, listen, this is a little bit of, you know, this is some bullshit right here. And I'd like to say mm-hmm. it out loud. And then yeah. everyone's kind of like, they can listen and be like, all right. Yeah. That, he said, his yeah, piece. right. Got it off his chest. It, it, identi- it, it identifies uh, issues in the office earlier. Like, for instance, you may say, yeah, I don't like this BS that happened yesterday. And then all of a sudden you got 17 other people saying, yeah, we didn't like that either. Exactly. And so now right. you can address it. Yeah. Yeah. And That's just getting it off your chest is is just nice because then again, then it won't lead to like what Stephanie had to deal with where someone's like goes home and they're all fuming. They're like, That's it. Tonight I'm gonna spend time. I'm gonna make a pyramid I'm gonna of draw everyone's a pyramid. like doing some shit like that. That's crazy. I'm gonna draw a pyramid. Yeah, I I I really felt like that was extremely unprofessional. Like that's tacky. You don't you don't do that. Like, did he use did he use a pen or a pencil? Or did he like make it in Canva or something? Yeah, pa- PowerPoint. No, <laughs> no. Well, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, no. First of all, so I don't I don't really remember, or it's or rather like it's it's more more so of a of a blur. Um, because I think he did when I um when I started working there. Um, 
you know, he decided to pull me, you know, to the side and, you know, um, and, you know, I guess explain everyone's role in the office. And so in other words, know your place. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I, so, you know, I like respectfully, I wasn't really paying attention to that because I don't feel like that's appropriate for you to do. Um, and you know, like I, not only did, did we discuss that, but you know, he just like, Oh, you're like, I, I, I want to know like your background and you know, he wanted to know, well, well, no, (laughs) like like, a background chat. What are you talking about? No, it was like more so in the sense of like, you know, um, where you worked. Are you previously? No, no, like, are you good with Excel? Are you good with this? So, oh, know, yeah, it's like a re- resume stuff. If someone needs help and, you know, you have free time, you know, like stuff like that. And I was, you know, and I, I explained and I, I told him, you know, what I, you know, what I can do and whatever. And then, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, he he did have the whole pyramid thing and I didn't really pay attention to it. But when he, when like he did it, he did it again and he brought it like he actually brought it to the director of the company's attention. Like he came with the laptop with the email open and he was like, I don't like this. I don't like how she said this, that and the third. I like he the Damn. way my director said he was like, with all due respect, I'm sorry. He said he came over here with a, like with a titty attack. Like why he mm. sounds so why he sounds so zesty? <laughs> I don't like I don't know like and then and and the cutest thing of it all is that he's like super like he he's skinny and short he's like my height kind of you know so it's like how tall are you? Um, and it, it's 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 just been a, a a really weird week and a half for me at work and you know for me to find out like after the fact all of a sudden this man went from operations manager to administrative director and you know and 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 I really feel like this is off the strength of me telling him like there's only two executives in this corporate office there's the owner the the owner and then the executive director which is Lenny and then there's the executive assistant which is myself mm-hmm. then we have the operations and we have everybody else you know, so it's like this machismo, I, you know, like I'm not going to have a woman tell me how. Oh, I you think it's that? Her. OK, you no, know, I, I am a professional. And I was like, well, if you're a professional, then you should have known that what you did, it wasn't it wasn't the right mm-hmm. thing to do. So it's this is more so of like, you know, I can't believe this this girl that just came out of nowhere, you know, she's questioning the way we operate here as a company but that's overall like that's that's kind of my job you know yeah well stephanie i'm i'm really uh sorry to hear that you're going through some troubles at work and you know hopefully we can get through i know coming on the podcast and being able to vent a little bit i hope i hope that at least helps yes thank you guys of course Uh, dear diary yes well anyway (laughs) i and i hate to cut you off but we do stephanie we we do have a guest today we do, and we have I'm a guest. really excited. And not just any guest, we have a new guest, first time appearing on the podcast, right? Yes. Yes, Stephanie, do you do you think it's time? I think it's motherfucking time. Let's I think it. it's time we introduce our guest. Um, yes. And 
Before we introduce him, there's a lot to say about this man. You know, we were doing some research on him uh, when Stephanie, Stephanie was the one who uh, found this gentleman here today with us uh, and wanted to get him on the podcast. We all do, you know, we all do our little individual research on the person coming on. So there's a lot to say about this person. We're going to discuss that in depth with him in a second. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce him right now. You know, we have with us a seasoned music executive with apparently I, from what I've read, over 19 years of experience, it said. Is, am I correct in saying that? that? That is definitely correct, yeah. Over 19 years in this. So, my friend, King John, please introduce yourself. Tell us how you're doing. I'm great, man. Yeah, it's me, man. Chakotachi Atiko. Um, I appreciate you guys for having me on this morning. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're so glad to have you here on Great Morning. Um, this is your first time, so I know... With, with new guests, we like to do a little bit of an interview and see what they're up to and see what they've been doing for all this time. So I know earlier you already, um, we can start there, you already mentioned that you started as an intern, right? With, I think you said it was uh, Def Jam Records, right? At the time, it was Island Def Jam. They were together. Island so, Def Jam. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you started as an intern. Uh, that was 19 years ago? Yeah. That was, no, actually, no, 19 years. I was about 15 when I was 19. 19 years ago, I was about 15 oh. years old. And okay. I, I was run, I was running my own little independent label. I was actually an artist. I was putting okay. out my own music. And so the story goes, I was putting out my own music and I was trying to shop my own music around. I was, I'm a kid saving my money, printing my own music, going to Jamaica Avenue and getting the CDs pressed up for me and my buddies. And we were like giving our music out for free because we knew that, you know, who knows us? Nobody's going to pay for our music if they don't know who we are. So we gave yep. them samplers and stuff like that. But anyway, moving forward, like, you know, a year later, um, my cousin, DJ Enigma, he's a uh, DJ in New York City. He goes like um, what we call vinyl hunting because when you go to different labels and you pick up the vinyl from the from the uh, from the record company. So like you can go to Sony, you can go to Warner Brothers, you can go to Def Jam and you can pick up the latest music to play it in the clubs if you're a DJ. Mm -hmm. So he brings me with he, he takes me with him on his vinyl run. And so I'm at all these different record companies and I'm like, wow, man, I, I really want to be here. Like, I want to know what it's like to work behind the scenes. And so he's like, man, listen, come with me. And, you know, I'll introduce you to some people. So I go to each label with him and, you know, I end up going up to uh, Island Def Jam where I met uh, Kendall Freeman and Steve Carlos. And these guys, were, their office were, was it was a mess. It was things were all over the place. It was papers <laughs> everywhere, CDs everywhere. And I'm looking around. And the first thing that comes to my mind is opportunity. I said, man, listen, if I can tell you, if I can convince these guys to let me clean this office every day, I'm sure in return they could teach me the business. And so I, I, I make the offer. I say, hey, guys, listen, um, I know you don't know me, but um, I'm just letting you know, if you give me an opportunity to clean this office up, you know, I would love to do that. That way you guys can be ha having everything in order here. They're like, man, listen, can you start tomorrow? And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, OK. <laughs> and I just immediately jump right into it. I'm like, the next day I'm, in, I'm on the train, the A train from Far Rockaway to New York City. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to work at Def Jam. Oh, my God, this is like my dream. Amazing. So my first day I get there, I'm walking up the, um, the what do you call it, the escalator? Getting up yeah. the escalator. Yeah. And the, there's an elevator right there in the middle of the um, the lobby. So I see the doors open. It's about to close. And I ask the person, hey, can you hold it? And they hold it for me. Their arm kind of just sticks out and holds the elevator door. And I get in the elevator, and it's Jay-Z. <laughs> wow i'm like i'm like oh my god like what the heck is going on here like, i didn't expect that i was like really shocked but i asked him i said oh my god so you're jay-z he said yeah i am yeah yeah i am i'm like all right i said uh, can you give me some advice that's my first day here 
And he's like, oh, okay. So what are you going to be doing? I said, I'm in the marketing department. He says, listen, just stay to yourself. That's what I can tell you. So you stay out of trouble. He said, you know, because if you talk too much to too many different people, you don't know, sometimes people get jealous and they'll kick you out of the building. So, you know, just, just mind your business. And I took that advice. Yeah. Stayed Mm. to myself and only worked with people who are very close to me, who built that relationship with me moving forward. Mind your business. I like that advice. That's, you know, that's always some great advice. That's, that's like, I, my, I remember my, my grandpa would give me advice like that, you know, Christian, always mind your business. And he always said this one, I still listen to, to this day too. He said, if something seems too good to be true, most of the time it is. And he always mm-hmm. said that before I went like traveling. He's like, you know, like pretty much like, you know, if girls all of a sudden are all over you and saying like, hey, follow us over here. And these are pretty girls and stuff. He's like, that shit's too good to be true. He's like, don't don't fall for that. shit." That's a wise uh, man. A wise man right there. Yeah. So, OK, oh, so man. you started as an intern. You met Jay-Z. How long were you an intern there then before you were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, officially working? It's funny because it's like how it works is like sometimes you can get like regular employment and the other times you get like contract work. So I had more of a contract work with them. So I was an intern for about three years. So that's like 04 to like the end of 06. And so, you know, like in 04, we were putting out the Kanye West record. This was Kanye mm-hmm. West's first album in 04. This is college dropout. Yeah. And then you have the next few. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's the, uh, the golden era of, uh, Def yep. Jam and Island. Oh yeah. And, and you'll get Rihanna coming out like a, like I think yep. it was a year and a half later with Con the replay. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. so many things just kept coming. And then 06, we have Mariah Carey, Emancipation and Mimi. It's just, it was just so amazing. Like just being a part of that. But I believe in 06 is when I stopped being in, an intern and, you know, I was able to do some contract work with them, um, via marketing. So what did you do exactly in the, I, I, you know, I know the general idea of marketing in that, but I've, I've never worked there. So like, can you explain to the listener, the listeners, what the marketing for them was like for you? Absolutely. I mean, we'll make sure we, the type of marketing we did was like, it was closely, mostly related to radio. So getting DJs and stuff to actually play the record and sending records around the world to different countries and, you know, keeping those relationships open because, you know, Def Jam, we had a model respecting the DJs. You know, mm-hmm. and so the idea was to always have these very close and tight relationships with these DJs from around the world. So you would be marketing, you know, via uh, MySpace. You'd be marketing via email. You know, you have to send people packages in the mail. You know, it's like sending love letters like, hey, man, we loved your last set. You were so amazing. Oh, here's that new Rihanna record. Make sure you play it because no one knows who this girl is yet. She's brand new at this time. Yeah. yeah. It's like so. in order to get these. And it, you may think just because you're Def Jam Records. It's just easy to send a record out to somebody and someone will play it. We'd be surprised. People are like, I don't care who this kid is signed to. This is garbage. Yeah. So there was, so 2006, you started doing the contract work. So were you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think exactly where um, I'm like, we're trying to remember the early 2000s. Like what? So 2007, then I believe that's when Kanye dropped graduation. Was that 2007? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kanye, Kanye was definitely still on, on, on Def Jam at that at that point in time. Yeah, he released Graduation, I believe. Yeah, I be- so I think that was 2007. Okay, so you, you started doing that for a bit. When did you uh, leave and then start your uh, own company, which we'll talk about in a few minutes as well? Oh, well, in between that, I left in about 2009. 2009, I stopped, okay. I, stopped, I stopped dealing with Def Jam altogether in 2009. Um, I went off. I was working with Mike Mills. He was assigned to uh, NBK Entertainment. Uh, that's the former home of Alicia Keys. Yes. So I used to work with Mike Mills there and uh, we were working on his project. Um, I also worked with an artist by the name of King Faze. Um, he worked with a lot of um, uh, D-Block artists like Jada Kiss, Styles P and Sheik Luch. 
So he did. He had a song called Yonkers Anthem. It was actually featuring Styles P, not Styles P, Styles P, uh, Sheik Luch and DMX. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty a pretty good song. You know, he also went off later to um do a song with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. The song was mm-hmm. called Lately. It appeared on the Brother Clyde album. It was distributed by Walt Disney Records. So you know, I I was around all these different things that were happening. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it was just it was very exciting. At the same time, you know, it it taught me a lot of lessons about the business myself. And that you know, you never you never really make it. You're always fighting to stay af- a- a- afloat. That's everyone in the business. And you don't just like a guy like Drake, he's always working. He's consistently meeting people. He's consistently um, doing projects. He's consistently collaborating with others. The minute you slow down and you lose momentum, you can find yourself right back where you started. So I always tell people, you know, you got to stay on top of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So w- w- was that around the time when you got, when did you first have the idea of starting your own uh entertainment that, industry right with popular demand that's years later the popular years demand later. was launched uh, uh this year so when, yeah but when did you get the idea of wanting to do that like when I, did that I've, come I've, I've, I've always wanted to do it chris yeah always wanted to do it the problem was is that the in, i was i how can you put this there, there's there you have you have what do you call gatekeepers and it's mm-hmm. like yeah. it's gatekeepers there's a lot of there's a lot of politics and I know mm-hmm. we don't talk about politics on the show, but there's <laughs> yeah. music industry politics. You can talk about, I meant like general, like, you know, Republican, yeah. Democrat kind of co- uh, no, politics. If yeah. you want to talk we about gotta, politics of the music industry, that's perfectly. Um, the music industry has their own politics, man. I'm talking about what team are you on? What camp are you with? And, mm. what, you know, what producer are you working with? Back then, it was like if you didn't work with a certain producer, you couldn't even get on the radio. If you didn't really? work with a certain writer, you weren't getting a record deal. That, that's just how where you didn't have a certain attorney and you couldn't afford the retainer, you weren't getting a deal because the attorneys do all the deals. Deals don't go through. I can't go to Def Jam and say, hey, sign me. They're going to say, who's your attorney? And if I don't say Burt Bedell at the time, they're like, well, we only work with Burt. So get out of here. You see what I'm saying? Scram, unless you get the money to pay him because they don't accept unsolicited material. So you was understand? that the only way to get somewhere then? Was it, it the it all came down to money? At that time, at, at before, that time. years ago. But now it's been so opened up. It's like there's all this freedom now. You see artists starting their own labels now. It's just more simple. It's you know, crazy it's, that it lasted. It seemed to last that long like that because like it, the way you're talking about like pretty much going back and now, you know, now it's almost 20 years ago, but uh, you know, it doesn't feel that way to us, but like going back to like, like you said, like 2006 or something, right. That mm. is, it sounds the way you're talking about the music industry, then it sounds almost the same as if someone was talking about it in the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very much because every, again, things were based on, you got, you got to understand something. There was, there was not really, there was no Instagram. There was no yeah. Facebook that was like as big as it is today. There was mm-hmm. no Twitter where you can actually go out there and promote your music independently. There was no way for you to get your music to other people. Social media has opened up this floodgate of opportunity for people to take their music from their homes into other people's homes without having a third party to intervene. So it's like you can post, a, you can make a post and then attach your song to it and thousands of people hear it instantly. And now they run the iTunes or Apple or, or Spotify and they stream your music. Whereas before, in order to get your music into the hands of millions or, or anyone, you needed a label to distribute you. Yep. If you didn't have a distributor, you were not getting anywhere. You didn't have any way of getting into Apple or Spotify. There weren't these independent um, music companies who were releasing uh, digital releases for artists. So you had to have a record. I remember, what was it? The Orchard? The Orchard? 
You used to have to be signed to the Orchard, which was like the independent version of a major label. But if you had a, a deal with Orchard, that means that you were able to like release your music. And this was like the beginning where independent artists were like coming up. There was no CD Baby yet. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? There was none of these other little tools yep. that you have now today. It was just, if you can get signed to the Orchard, that's for people who are not major, but they're indie. That's how they started. They started on smaller companies like that. And it was very difficult to get the attention of them. They were just as worse as the record labels. They were like, oh, you don't have a million people following you? We're not giving you a deal. So it was oh, yeah. very difficult to do this independently. And it also, if you weren't a part of like Merlin or one of those, um, they have like these societies where they represent all these distributors. You had to begin, you had to become a member of those um those organizations like Aim to Aim and you know Merlin. They have other organizations as well. And you pay into these memberships and then they allow you to be a distributor. But then you have to find somebody who's like a parent distributor to support you because you don't know what you're doing yet. There's all these systems involved in how the uh, what do you call it? The streaming uh, services accept music or the, uh, what do you call it? How Apple would accept music. There was formats that you had to follow. And this is why you had to have a parent, like a co-signer distributor. And this is why I didn't do it before because it was just very difficult. Yeah. Well, that, wow. that makes complete sense to me, but I, I was wondering with that comes the idea of, um, how, like you said, how social media has helped, uh, artists now get out there or just any entertainment person to just be able to get out there and show their stuff to, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, and just have it viewed possibly by millions of people. Now, do you think though, that that influx of more artists being out there readily available to anyone like me, I could just go on Instagram right now and probably find like 10 new people I've never heard of. Do you think that's made it more difficult to discover um, like truly, truly talented people out there? Or do you think it's helped with that? Or do you think it's not, you know, it's like in the middle, like, you know, maybe a little bit of both. You know, something that's, that's, that's very funny. You know, it's, um, I would tell you the same way I tell my homeboys, right. When when we used to go out to the clubs and stuff like that, they used to say, yo, John, man, there's mad, there's mad dudes in here, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's only a few girls in here. This man said, but listen, bro, it's, it ain't about how many dudes is in here. It's about which one of us are marketing ourselves to them better. Mm. I don't care if it's a thousand men in the room. If I walk in the room, I'm going to get some attention because I know how to get it. I get it by not even being, by not being readily available. Like some guys, they're thirsty. They'll walk up to a girl and they're like, hey, mom, what's your name? He's trying to get her name, her number, all this stuff instantly. Women don't like that aggressive tactic. Some women right. do, some women don't. Me, personally, I play the bar. I sit at the bar, get me a drink, mind my business. I don't even look women in the face. All of a sudden, they're looking at me. And then when we make eye contact, we kind of play that game back and forth. And then we start politicking later. But the whole point is they like that mysterious person in the corner. They don't want you uh, drooling and dripping over them. So the same thing goes with music. You know, you you put music out, you know, you do it in such a way where it's almost like you're teasing people. You know, you're not really just, you're not trying to force them to click on this link to go to Spotify. You almost having like a party, you're chilling, you're hanging out with your friends, you got bottles and stuff. Now people are like, who is this person? They click on them, all of a sudden they hear the music. They're like, oh, shoot, this joint is hot. You see what I'm saying? It's because you're not forcing the, it down your throat. Nobody wants to be sold anything. People right. want to have experiences. So that's what we did in the market. And we just, we just, we built experiences around people. We would take, like, for instance, with like a Neo, in my own words, that album we put out with through Def Jam, through Island Def Jam. There was a point where we went to um to Best Buy right there in Columbus Circle, not Columbus Circle, that's um Union Square, 14th Street okay. in Manhattan. So that Best Buy that was there right there, we were doing a um a signing thing for Neo where he come, he signed some autographs. At this point, nobody really knows who he is. So what we do is we get a couple models who are who are drop dead gorgeous. We give them Neo posters and have them stand outside of Best Buy 
cheering and chanting for Neo. And so, like, people, girls are walking by and they're like, Who, who's coming? Who's Neo? Hey, ne- who's Neo? And they're like, yeah, Neo's coming. He's an amazing singer. And they're like, okay, let me get online too. And then all these women start getting That's on the line because they're looking at these beautiful models and they're like, well, if they're here for him, these beautiful women that I wish I looked like, if they're going to yes. stay here for this guy, I'm going to stay here for this guy too. And we had a whole entire line of women waiting out there to see the, and meet this guy. It's like, that's, that's the type amazing. of experiences we're talking about building. That's incredible. That's a great idea. Yeah. Wow. So that's, yeah, that definitely comes wow. on the marketing side there. You know how to sell, you know, you know how to sell this. Like this is, this is a big, you know how to take something and make it seem like a big event. And that's, that's how you fucking sell something. A- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's what everything is. I mean, you take a bag of chips, they make it look so larger than life in the commercials. It's just a bag of potato chips. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you know, just a fucking bag of chips. It's just a fucking bag of chips, but they got this commercial and somebody's jumping off a fucking. It's so, grand. Yeah. It's so damn grand for a bag of potato chips. It's like, what the hell is this? But yeah, that that's the concept is to make yourself larger than life. That's all. And that's what most artists are missing. They're missing that key component of being impactful. This is why when you, you look back in hip hop and you say, who is some of the greatest performers? You look at somebody like an old dirty bastard or, or fucking uh, a Busta Rhymes is because they were so colorful, so explosive. They were yeah. very different. Once you heard them, you were like, yo, I got to see that guy again. And, you know, you know what to expect. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So you have, though, I, I saw that, you know, it, it's written in a couple places with you, but that you have an eye for talent. We can talk mm-hmm. about that for a second. The eye for talent. So what are some things I, I think you've mentioned a little bit here, but what are some things that you are immediately looking for when it comes to someone with talent? What are some things that you can recognize and be like, all right, this is someone. This is someone right here. An artist who's versatile, versatile. Like if, if I if I listen to your music and you have different sounds that you play with and you're and you can engage those sounds together, to me that catches my eye very quickly. Another mm. thing that catches my eye is not even just the talent itself, it's how much you work. It's okay. the it's the work that you put into your stuff. It's like if I know I can work with you, then we can work on talent. That's the thing. Everybody, when we look at people, we say, Oh, that person's talented. Some people are born with talent and some people gain talent over time. You know, I've seen artists who started out and it was like, okay, they're they're an okay artist. And then eight years down the line, it's like, wow, that artist is a star. Oh, yeah. May not have been born with it, but he sure as he sure as hell got it now. So the things I look at is the work. I look at the sounds. Can you, can you, can you, can you, can you, can you stand the test of time? That's the question. Can you stand the test of time? 10 years from now, can you still put out music or will you become irrelevant? I listen to artists today, I listen to what the stuff that they're signing. I'm saying, hmm. Okay, this is a I, this is obviously trending, but will this trend last ten years? Yeah, that's remember cool. you're you're investing in an artist. You got labels putting in uh, two hundred and fifty k, five hundred k, a million dollars into these people's careers. They're not doing that for just one song. They're doing that to set up this system mm-hmm. of releasing music every year. They don't they don't want this artist to just disappear. Nobody puts out a record to be a, a one hit wonder. They want to have a consistency in their career. Mm-hmm. So the question is. Can they do that? Is that realistic looking at the type of music that they make? If you make a one hit song, but you don't have anything after that, or you don't, or the next five years, you don't know how to elevate, then where are you going? Like Justin Bieber did that perfectly. Yeah. You know, he did it perfectly. So, yeah. So, like, another problem with that is just the gamble of knowing, like you said, uh, knowing exactly what will still be popular. Not sometimes, like, not even like, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, but will this even be popular next fucking year? 
you know? So like, so for instance, Facts, yeah. I wonder if like the people we can go back, let's go back in the seventies and look at even a, a larger picture than the artists themselves. Like, I wonder if back then they were like, oh, disco, disco is going to be popular for a hundred years or something. The disco is going to be like rock and roll where it's never going to die. And then it's like it, disco was popular for like fucking five years and people got sick of this shit. Same with um, what what was that other one in like the end of the early 2000s? What was that shit called uh, where it did a lot of the boy music? What was that called? Oh, the pop, the, the, the boy band music? No, no, no not that. It, it, it made those like loud um techno noises i can't think of it right now what was that oh it was called something oh i can't remember but it's not popular anymore it was like wow anyway it was something like that but yeah like disco like you know uh hip-hop has obviously stood the test of time we we've realized that now it's been plenty of time now rock and roll uh even uh, even pop music even though pop music changes that still pretty much stayed but like yeah i wonder like i wonder if the people who were in similar positions as you back then like thought generally, like, I think this is going to be a good idea. This is going to be something that's going to last. Or if they maybe we, didn't know, maybe it was just, well, trendy. You, you know, let me say something. The funny thing, the fun, the funny thing is that, you know, back then, you know, there weren't all the, we, they didn't have all the data we have today. Yeah. You know, so right. we have, yeah, we have chart metrics. We have all these different things that we can look into all these analytic, all, all these analytics and all these tools that we can kind of dig in deep and mm. figure out where everyone is. Back then, they had no clue. We, you know what they knew? They knew people wanted to party. They knew people wanted to get high. They knew yep. people wanted to have fun. That's what they knew. <laughs> they were not selling music back then. They were selling entertainment. Again, they were. We wanted to entertain people. So you would bring people to a club, and then you would have a girl who sings. And then she would sing, and then somebody got a bright idea and said, well, let's make these into records. And so people could take this home with them and listen to it on their little on their little uh, player, you know, with the vinyl. But the whole point is, the point is, is that Whenever you see music, the music is really there to entertain you. It's not really there for, it wasn't about the music. It was about, you know, how can we bring people together and make money off them? You know, how can we, uh, you know, charge for tickets and, you know, charge for liquor and then charge for food. And then people have to buy tables and stuff. Like they were selling the venue really. And the, and the artists just sort of came with the venue. So when you look at disco and all that stuff, people just found a new way to make money. They found other ways to monetize it, which was creating a separate career for the artists and making money off them as an artist. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess. Wow. Yeah, because with with the with the technology we have today, it's it's definitely a little, I guess, easier to see what is becoming what may become long lasting compared to things that are standstill. Um <laughs> And you know, you know, so funny. You talk about it's, it's funny that you bring it up because you, you know when you think about an artist who can stand the test of time, right? Think about our new artists that you hear today, and you listen to them. And you're like, okay, I, I want to support this artist. Let me see what they're working on. You listen to their music. You're like, okay, this is good. The difference between them and like a Luther Vandross or Mariah Carey or mm-hmm. Whitney Houston or Barry White, when you hear those records, you're like, you don't even need to see the analytics. You don't want to see yeah. numbers. You don't care to see any of that stuff. You just know. This is good music. Oh, I hear yeah. Mark. I, I hear Mark Anthony. I'm like, this is good music. Period. Mm-hmm. You don't have oh, yeah. to do any any research or no. We just know again. That's what I mean. You know, to get a record deal, honestly, somebody needs to believe in the in the music. And those people still exist, even though they tell you, oh, you got to get your numbers up, you got to uh, become viral on TikTok, and you got to do this and you got to do that. That's not always the case. Sometimes somebody hears something and they're like, man, listen. That person has it. They got it. Like, if I heard a new Luther Vandross today, I heard a kid singing, and he started blowing like he was Luther, you think I'm asking questions about how many fans he has or how many followers? No. Nope. Damn that. 
we can get you in the studio, make a record, and, and I guarantee you, when people hear you, you will have those fans. I don't, I don't care about numbers at that point. Right. That's what that um, what's his manager called? Who actually, you know, not comparing you to him because he actually turned out to it's be fine. an asshole. But um, oh. the uh, oh, wow. the what what's his name? I, I the, some Polish guy, right? The manager of Elvis Presley. That's how he found oh, him. He saw yeah. him like sing once, like at like a fair or something, doing something. And he immediately uh-huh. got on him. He's like, I like I he just knew. He's like, I gotta, I gotta sink my claws. And then this guy is gonna be huge. And then did it you, turned, know, you know, did you notice how how the how that manager he wasn't in the music business? No, he was <laughs> he, but he understood how to sell. That's the yep. only thing he knew how to market. That was it. That's all he needed. He said, Well, listen, if I can market a bag of chips, if I can market this cup, if I can market a laptop, I can market this guy. He was marketing in the circus. He had like circus acts and stuff. Yeah. That's all he was. Music, and we say the music industry is circus. That's what we say today. We've been saying that for years. We say the music industry is like circus because nobody quite nobody quite gets artists. Artists are very yeah. hard to get. They're very complicated people. Um, they have issues like me and you. Um, you know, they may make make a ton ton of money one month and then the next month they're in debt. It's like, you know, some of them are dealing with drug, alcohol abuse, all sorts of problems and issues. So that was the same type of lifestyle these people had in the circus because they were being abused. You had people who were not hardly being paid, um, people who were being mistreated. You have some people they were locking in cages. Like, like imagine all the mental health issues that come with that. An artist being raped today, like you, it's a lot of sexual abuse. It's it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And this is why we call the music industry circus. And, um, you know, it's like we're just a marketing ploy at the end of the day. Like when you see an artist get put out there, it's about how can I connect this artist with millions of people? How can I get millions of eyeballs on this artist so that I can take this artist to a brand or service and get them to give us money to market and promote projects? That, that That's what it's all about. Yeah. So now I, with um, popular demand, because I want to talk about that a little bit before we move into uh, one of our segments here. But with uh, popular demand now, now that you're, you know, not in the positions like you were in when you were with uh, Island Def Jam, what do you do now with popular demand for the artists that you you bring on, for the people that want to connect with you, have a job with you, work with you? What do, what do you do now specifically for them? Well, we, we do we do a little bit of everything, but yep. what we what we specialize in, we specialize in artist development. Mm-hmm. that's the heart that's the heart of the company right. the heart of the company is taking on new talent and in taking what they already have and sort of giving them direction because a lot of artists come to me they'll tell me oh i sound great my music is good and i'm listening to their music i'm like yeah your music is great but it's not epic yeah. there's something about your music that that's lacking because you lack direction i tell them i say you don't study the greats study barry um barry gordy in motown and look at the music that they were creating and why they were creating it. This it, the music itself was a civil rights movement, and people didn't realize that. You know, so you have Marvin Gaye putting out "What's Going On" to talk mm-hmm. to people about their current conditions. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you, it, it was like this promotion of black love. So you have "My Girl" by The Temptations. So like, you know, whenever you put out music, the music must have a message. You know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of artists don't have messages. So my job is to take an artist who comes into me. They come to me. They say, hey, John, you know, I, I, I want I want a long lasting music career. My job, my job is to figure out who you are as a person. Who are you? What's, oh, yeah. what's your style? What do you like? Who you are as a human being? What's your goals? What do you believe in? And we take those beliefs and those goals and everything. We create a plan for you, a marketing plan for you so that you can find people who are like you. 
These are called your fans. These are your followers, people who believe in you, who kind of see things from the same perspective. These are the people who are going to be following your account. These are the people who are going to be streaming your music. These are the people who are going to be buying merchandise, um, buying tickets to shows because they're like, that's me. That's a representation of me. I'm sure there's a singer or songwriter out there, Stephanie, that you identify with. You're like, man, listen, that's my girl right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you have that person, that artist, whoever that artist may be. It's like, that's who you follow. That's who you listen to. That's who you support. And um, if your music doesn't have a message, a clear message, you're not going to last long. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to find that uniqueness in an artist. It's the same thing with like, you can, you can do that for anything almost. I feel like, like, think of like a book. Like no one yep. wants to read the book about the guy who everything was great. He had a great childhood and then he got a great job and he married a great person. And then they stayed married and he had a bunch of kids and then he died happy. It's like, well, who the fuck wants to read this book? It's just, it's, 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 it's just boring. It's normal shit. But if you have a uniqueness to say a song, you talk about a struggle you've had or this problem in life or where you've been, people connect to those little things. That's yeah. right. immediately finds the you know they find that uniqueness and they they become interested and they become they can become your long lasting fans and then that builds more because people end up listening to it from that person and it builds and that, builds that, and builds absolutely people all right when you look at music right music is like a mask it's like people everybody has their own issues everybody has their own life why do I care about you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. screw screw you and screw your music for a minute. What are you giving me that's going to help my life today? Because right now I'm at work. I'm stressed out. I'm dealing with this guy drawing pyramids over here. I'm dealing with this guy drawing me pyramids over here. How is your music going to help my life? And then you listen to this song and you got Scar, Scar Lips. She's talking about, back the fuck up. Move the fuck back. You're like, that's, that's the kind of vibe I need right now for this guy mm-hmm. in this office. And, and, and that's what draws you to the artist. It's not her. It's the message she gave you so that you can get on with your day. It's like a drug. Music is a drug. We listen to it. It's mm-hmm. therapeutic and it gives us what we need to, to survive and to keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, and I'm sorry to cut us off short here because believe it or not, we've been talking for quite a while, but I, I think, you know, I think it's time. Stephanie, do you think it's time? I think it's time. I think it's time, John, to do one of our favorite segments we like to do here at Great Morning. And that is, of course, the word of the day. So, how the word of the day works, I will explain it to you and any new listeners out there. Uh, Usually, Jimmy's here. He's not here today. He's indisposed, unfortunately. I think he's uh, going uh, underway soon uh, with the Navy, so he's going to be around the world soon. So, he couldn't be here, but don't worry. He sent me the word. But usually, Jimmy opens up the big old dictionary that he has, this very, very old Webster's Dictionary signed by Webster himself with thousands upon thousands of words in there so he opens it up to a random page he puts his finger down on it and he lifts his finger up whatever his finger landed on will be our word of the day then of course you know he spells the word he gives the definition i give the definition if it's an archaic word because like i said it's an old dictionary um and then you the guest or any of the guests we've had on will use that word in a sentence that you create by yourself and what we judge that word on at the end of the season is how funny the sentence was how creative the sentence was, and of course, if you use the word correctly. So at the end of the season, we grade all of our guests' sentences and we make a top 10 list. 
And if you make it on that top 10 list, you get invited back, of course, to the season finale of this of this season, uh, season five of Great Morning. And someone makes it to number one where they win a very special prize. But of course, you know, this is just the beginning. You know, this is this isn't the playoffs yet. So we're just doing it, you know, regular <laughs> right now. So no pressure. But you're about to get your word of the day. Do you understand the rules? Yes, I do. OK, fantastic. So your word of the day. Let me get it up here is. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. What investment. Is it? No way. Investment. Wow. So I will, I will give the definition, of course, and I will spell it. I'm pretty sure we all know what that means, but just in case. Um, the action or process of investing money for profit or material result. All right. So that is the definition of investment. Again, it's spelled I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T. So investment. Investment. So whenever you're ready. Just give us a sentence that has the word investment in it, and that will be your word of the day. Mm, okay, let me see. Investment. Yeah. Mm. Trying to find something clever, but it's hard to find something clever when you're on the spot. It's on. I know. Every you, this is the struggle with all of our guests. We do it. Don't. You're not alone. <laughs> wow. You know. You really are. <laughs> if you go back and wow. listen to past episodes, people are sitting there like, "Fuck, I can't. Think, I can't think of anything." Like, wow, wow. Okay. An investment in the world is more important than an investment in yourself. Okay. Hmm. All right. There you go. There there it is. Okay. Right there. That's the word of the day right there. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Absolutely. That was, of course, our word of the day challenge. I know it's uh, it comes out randomly in the episode and it, it stops it and everyone's like, fuck, we got to think about this for a second. But thank you for participating in, in, in it. And uh, now we're going to move on to something else. I wanted to ask you because you said, um, of course, that you met uh, Jay-Z there yeah. um i was wondering what other uh you know of course uh famous artists have you met during your time working in in this industry for the last 19 years i've met yeah, wow it's, you know so funny when, when you meet people it's like sometimes it's so fast because you have all their people around them and stuff it's like mm-hmm. i don't know, it's like it's, it's like they have their entire entourage there so it's like it's like you're speed dating you, you you're in the room you're shaking hands you you're like hi 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 yeah so i've met i've met everyone i've met like you know funk flex i've met um I've met Busta Rhymes. I've met Fat Joe. I've met a lot of people. I've met um, oh, Rihanna. I've met Kanye. I've I've been. I've, you, when you're in the office, you meet everyone because they all come to the office. But yep. when when I when I I never got a chance to really hang out with them. That's the yeah. thing. It's like you never get a chance to really kick it with them because you're always working and you're not really invited to the really big big parties because that's for the main executives. So you don't get invited out to the forty forty club and you don't get to pop that <laughs> bottle. But, you know, they'll come back to the office and pop a bottle with you when the record reaches number one. So, you know, there were certain events we got invited to. Um, I think my the favorite, my most favorite event that I got invited to was probably the um, the screening to Run's house with Rev Run and Russell Simmons. Meeting wow. Russell Simmons was probably one of the best things that I did. Yeah. What year was that? Dope. I can't recall. I know it was in the 2000s, though, early 2000s, like 2007, 2006. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I forgot exactly when, but it was the it was the season premiere of um Run's House. They did it right there by VH1 and MTV in um by by Times Square. Yeah. You know, so what TRL what, used to be? Was the party you were invited to a party with them, or was it at the office like you were saying? Oh no, it, it was it was at TRL. It was at the um the VH1 okay. MTV building. Yeah, they did a screening there. It was like a screening, but it was only for like, the executives at the company, and um and that's where I came and I saw uh you know Rev Run and. Um, you know, Russell Simmons and a few other people who I came out. But I think that was one of the greatest events that I attended because, you know, just seeing the person who actually created the company that I was at, you know, Russell mm-hmm. Simmons, it was like, wow, like, it's like mind blowing. 
Oh yeah, you're kind of like a little bit starstruck even then, just like sitting. Yo, you know, it's also funny. The rapper, I don't really care for the rappers and the singers, bro. It's like it's the executives for me. Like when I met Clive Davis, that's the highlight. Like, oh yeah, when Clive Davis, wow. when Clive Davis stepped on my shoe at the end of Alicia Keys event, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. That he was stepped on my shoe. <laughs> I said, I looked at him and he said, I, I'm, he said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, you don't gotta apologize to me, Clive. I'm, we're good. <laughs> And then he gave me a piece of advice. He told me, he said, if the person isn't positive, there's nothing that they can do for you. Mm. That's just what he said. If the person isn't positive, then there's nothing they can do for you. And I, I took that with me. And I noticed that when I when I went places or whether I was going planning on working with someone and I would feel their energy. If the energy was negative, I, I just didn't mess with them. And then I would see other people do business with them and nothing ever came of it. And it was because they, they were not happy within themselves. People who aren't happy can't give, can't create anything. You become stagnant when you're, when you're jealous, when you're angry, when you have issues, you have to work on yourself before you do anything. You know what I'm saying? So when I see people who are extremely positive and they're always full of light, they end up having all those types of people around them. And then you get in the room with these powerful people who are good people in the heart and they can actually do things for you because they've done the work in themselves, regardless of how they grew up or whether or not they had money or not. It's about you dealing with life on your own terms. You know what I mean? Like I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, but that doesn't stop me from being happy. It doesn't stop me from supporting people and being that person that people can come to for advice. If I was uh, negative, I probably wouldn't have the capacity to do the things that I'm doing today. Oh yeah. And some people probably wouldn't even want to work with you. Like if they Thank met you, you and you were just kind of exactly. like down and just like, well, you know, yeah. you know, we got to do this. It's like, John, John what I, what guy. ideas do you have? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. We just got to yeah. work on some of this shit. You know, uh, yeah. I'll call you next week. It's like, what? how do you get a number one? How, how can you make a number one hit record with that, with that energy? You can't. Right. You don't even want to like I'm doing it. I'm doing it as pretend right now. And part of me doesn't even want to listen to myself. I'm like, I don't want to be on this podcast. Like, imagine it, I exactly. came on the podcast and I'm like, hey, you like music, right? Or something like that. Right. What's what's your deal? <laughs> you like that's yeah, that's ridiculous. You don't want to. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost like putting myself down like that. Thinking about it. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, you meet you meet a lot of people. You meet people at events and stuff, you know, and. It's crazy because I hate name dropping. I think that's so yeah. corny. You, that, that's just, I'm sorry. That's probably why I'm not. No, that's fine. You. Yeah, because if, if you look online, you'll see me in pictures with people. But it's like, I, there's pictures I haven't even posted. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't care yeah. to. Like, what I like that it's you've already right. done. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what I like that you've already done is when you did name drop someone is you always bring up the fact, not just that like, wow, it was great just being around this person, but the fact that they gave you those for those quick minute, maybe they can talk because like you said, they're always surrounded by an entourage or whatever. The quick second that they can say something to you. I like how you bring up that. It's always some advice. Like right. Always yeah. got something cool like that to say. And you get that from a lot of people that, you know, name dropping or, or uh, star studded or powerful. Like for instance, I remember I was fucking what? 14, 13 years old. I was at the Jersey shore back when that show was popular and I just happened to be on the beach, big crowd around someone. I'm like, what's this about? And I end up pushing my way through the crowd on the beach. And there's Snooky. I think I probably told this story on the podcast before, <laughs> but it was Snooky. who was huge at the time. And like, I, I wasn't a fan of the show, but I, I knew, you know, you knew Snooky well, was. was. So I just happened to get in front of her and she's like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, oh, Krisha, I shook her hand. 
And just the, she only had a second to talk to every person. She just looked at me and the, I remember she's just like, stay in school, whatever you do, stay in school. And then she, she got pushed away like by her entourage and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like they always have that quick little bit they can give you and like you take it to heart. Absolutely. Yeah. I love I love that. Wow. That's a, I'm, I'm glad she told you that. That's, that's oh, really yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, she was sweet. Yeah, she was nice. I, you know, on the show, you know, I know I, I didn't really watch it, but you know, you see all these, you know, getting angry. You know, yeah, they're they're all angry, but like, yeah. you know, when they they're not gonna yell at you in public. Like, there's a bunch of people. Like, I I wasn't expecting to like go up to Stucky and that her just be terrible to me. No, she just gave me some advice. <laughs> I was a young kid, moved me on my way, and I was like, yeah, I probably should stay in school. That's probably a good idea. She thanks, folks. First advice I've ever heard. But yeah, so I like how you brought that up with them. Like, you know, they always had something with you. Like Jay Z even had something for you in the elevator, real quick. Yeah, you know, that's and you, you you always you always take those those little bits of advice and you you take them to heart to help you for the future, which is absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, what better. How can it get better than that? You know, taking that advice and using yeah, it, I mean, utilizing. I mean, I mean, another good piece of advice I got was from Nat Robinson. Um, Nat Robinson is the founder of First Priority Music. So he started, he launched the careers of uh, Audio 2, MC Light, and Iman. So, okay. uh, yeah, so yeah, it was a, it's, a, it's a legendary hip hop label. This guy was doing deals before Black people were ever doing deals with these record companies on a scale that they're doing it today. So, oh, yeah. like, this guy, wow. yeah, he, he had a deal at Virgin, he had a deal at Warner, he had a deal at Universal, all at the same time. So all his artists were getting on major labels and they were doing imprint deals. Like basically they put, they would release the record through Universal, but then first priority music. So he was the first one who was getting these label slash distribution deals with these major record companies and getting them to fund his projects. So, sorry, that's my uh, bell going off. I don't know ringing. No, no, you're fine. I didn't yeah. even hear it. But um, but yeah, so he, he was um he was getting all these different deals and yeah, you know, he was kind of like teaching me how he was doing it. You know, he's a freaking genius, man. So like, I'm just sitting there and listening, being able to speak on the phone with him multiple times and him giving me that knowledge, I was just so appreciative of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're always appreciative of it. It's it, it's 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 really kind of wonderful for them to take the time and do that. You know, I uh, you hear horror stories sometimes of like these people not being nice. Um, so I, I always like it when you can find those like just little bits, those, those little moments of, you know, niceness in them, you know, instead of the meanness or whatever. But yeah, so I, I always take that shit to heart. I love hearing stories like that. Um, I do have to say though, right now, and this is going to be unfortunate, actually. Um, I, I don't know if you guys actually can believe this, but we are actually at time. Can you believe that? We've been talking straight for <laughs> an almost an hour here, but yeah, we're actually at, time unfortunately so we're going to go around the computer screen and do our last minute plugs that's what we do here and you can plug anything that you've got but don't worry john I, i'm saying this right now you were a wonderful guest already and we'd love to have you on again to talk more yeah. about it, all this stuff um, thank you very when, much when jimmy and chuck come back but yes don't worry you will have time here before the podcast ends to plug everything that's all about you and everything you want to tell the world so starting with stephanie though do you have any last minute plugs my friend I do not have any last minute plugs, but I will say this, John, thank you so much, so much for taking the time out and, you know, just being here and just sharing your stories, you know, like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Like, I, I, I mean, I know that we weren't able to like go in depth with like other things because like, there's so much more. To, that's like, why we invite him back yeah why, like there's you know, so much more to say and you know like it's 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 really exciting knowing that you know 
you're here and you took time out. So I just want to say thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And of you're course, welcome, staff. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, you support you support our movement too, man. We appreciate you. No, of course. You know, that's yeah. that's that's how we network. That's how, you know, that's 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 how things get done. Um, but um, yeah, I wanna also big shout out to our fans. Thank you, you know, to our listeners. Thank you so much for just, you know, just chilling, just chilling and 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 vibing and listening with us. Just thank you so much. And Merms, thank you for being Merms. And that's of pretty course. much it from your Puerto Rican <laughs> Mamacita. You know what I'm saying? They're 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 there we go well thank you stephanie for those last minute plugs and i'll do mine uh real quick before we get into our honored guest uh my last minute plugs are of course you can follow great morning underscore the podcast on instagram that is our podcast instagram page and on there you will find you know new guests coming out uh what's dropping on wednesday when specials are coming out all that stuff you'll find that information there you can shop for your merchandise at shopgreatmorning.com. And of course, you can follow uh, You Love Steph on Instagram. You can follow Trip God Jimmy. That's T-R-Y-P-G-O-D-J-I-M-I. You can follow Slightly Special with two L's. You can follow Topaz Ken on Instagram as well. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or you got your own podcast app, because we're on all of it, give us that five-star rating. Leave us a comment. We'd love to read those as well. So please do that. But anyway, that is it for my last-minute plugs. Moving on to our honored guest, John. It was wonderful having you on today. Thank you so much. And again, we'd love to have you back. And that's the funny thing, actually, when I want to say that I've noticed that throughout uh, you know our almost five years of doing this podcast now is when we have a new guest right the episode's always interesting because we learn a lot about that person but at the same time it's almost like i feel like it's rapid fire it's like all right so you did this all right now we're moving on to 2009 you were doing this all right now now we're moving on over here now you did this now you did this and now we're at where you're at and we don't get a whole lot of time to go really like flesh out a lot of stuff but that's the fun part of when they come on for a second time or even the third is i feel like we get way more into it with the person we know them way more intimately not in like a like a sexual intimately way i don't mean it but more (laughs) more friendly way you know the old term for intimate so i i yeah i expect you to come back on at some point i can imagine i can imagine my artist being here and i can imagine my artist ari west being here right now he would be like pause (laughs) (laughs) wait hold on intimate Yeah. No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant like just so the listeners like feel like they they know you now more as a person. Absolutely. Of course. So we get more in depth with that. But yes, John, please, if you have any last minute plugs, tell the people where they can follow you. They can, you know, go on your website. Tell them all that right now, please. Absolutely, guys. Yeah. um, Last minute plugs for John Quatachi Atiko. You can follow me at uh, King John Lives. That's spelled together. King John Lives um, at, at King John Lives Instagram. And my website is John Quatachi Atiko. That's J-O-H-N-K-W-A-T-A-K-Y-E-A-T-I-K-O.com. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Yeah, it was an honor having you on. Thank you for coming here. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you again in the future. Um, and Absolutely. Course, I'll be back. Hell I'll yeah. be back. I'll be back. Of <laughs> <course. It's a laughs> uh, so, yeah, and that, of course, right there on that Arnold note, that was our episode. Great morning. Great morning. Great morning, guys. Great morning. Great morning. Great morning. Great morning.